0: Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message.
1: Sorry. There should be a rule that you shouldn't mess with pregnant women, and uh, that was my bad. I had to get the stool, though, so we're ready to go. Awesome word. I love the way the Lord is speaking. Amen? Man, I really hope that whether or not you showed up with an expectation of what God uh, is going to do or not, that in this moment even you would sense that there is a great expectation of what the Lord is doing and is going to continue to do. And man, it it has not only been incredible what the Lord has done, but it is incredible what the Lord is doing. And we're just pressing into that. And I just want to honor you, church. I know that you know, as the Lord moves, sometimes there's all sorts of things that are happening, and we're just waiting and listening and um, and following that leading. And I've just been so appreciative of a room full of just soft-hearted people that are hungry for more who are like okay God wherever you lead we will follow and I might not understand everything about what's happening and maybe I'm not up at that altar call but I'm just going to be in that moment of praying and believing for God to move and uh, I I just love that as a church family that that's our posture right now and man we're going to keep fighting for that because I I believe that God loves to move in a church like that amen A church amen a church that comes hungry, that desires, and is just willing to flow and move, that doesn't box him in or tell him what he can and cannot do. So in fact, let's just begin there this morning. If you would just bow your heads with me, and if maybe you're longing for an expectation or, or you're hungry this morning and you came ready to just encounter something new and, and to be renewed, then I want a prayer with just a really simple prayer together. And it goes, it just very clearly says, Jesus hears my heart, do what you will. So just repeat after me this morning. It's just a moment of unity in the body of faith together. Pray, Jesus, oh man, Jesus, oh come on one more time. Ready? Jesus, come on, give me mean it. Here's my heart, do what you will. Come one more time. Jesus, here's my heart, do what you will. Come on, if you're hungry for the Lord, say amen this morning. Amen. We're going to be pursuing God this morning with everything, with all of our attention and our our focus. And then tonight we have what we call presence night. I don't know if you knew this, maybe you just showed up, but you showed up to a church that is passionate for the presence of God. That is what we are about. And so we believe as goes the prayer meeting, as goes the worship gathering, so goes the church. The church is not about just attendance, it's about engaging in what God has. So tonight, 5 o'clock, we're going to be praying, we're going to be believing together uh, for some great things. But today I want to talk about uh, the third week now of our series, or fourth week, wherever we are. I don't know, who knows. It's been a couple weeks, we haven't really preached any messages, so I'm a little lost. Uh, But I am the good shepherd. We're going to talk about I am the good shepherd shepherd today, and we're going to be in John chapter 10. So if you brought your Bibles, open up to John chapter 10. Uh, The words will also be up on the screen here in just a moment, not yet. Thank you, incredible slides team. Thank you, great worship team. Can we just thank our teams this morning for doing such a good job leading us, preparing our hearts. Man, worship just, I'm just ready for what God wants to say. But today, we're going to be in John 10, and I want to give you some context here as we begin John chapter 10. So in John chapter 10, Jesus is uh, participating in, and it is around the time of what's called the Festival of Dedication. And the Festival of Dedication was an important uh, celebration for the people of Israel, and it specifically uh, marked a time when the temple had been cleansed. So there was a moment where uh, the The Syrian army had come in and had overcome Judea, and uh, the the king of the Syrians had gone in and had sacrificed all kinds of crazy things on the altar of the temple uh, of God as a way to desecrate it. And so the the people rose up and they said, "No, we don't like that." Oh, that was that was ominous as the air unit shut down. <laughs> it's like wow! I'm talking really loud. Uh, they said no, we don't want that. They they rose up and they were led by someone named Judah Maccabee, uh, the 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 hammer. And uh, he, he came in, the Hebrew hammer, he came in and he defeated uh, the army at the time. And he came into the temple and he chased everyone out of the temple who was uh, not doing what they should be doing in the temple. And then he purified the temple. If you know anything about, you know, kind of the Palm Sunday time, you're like, that sounds really familiar. Yes, this was the way in which they were excited about the coming of some form of messianic times. Like in many ways, people thought he was the Messiah, the The problem was that he was profoundly uh, just man. He wasn't like Jesus, man, and God. He was just man. And so when they caught up to him, eventually he dies, uh, his his family dies. Um, But there was a very profound moment worth celebrating where they purified the temple. Uh, This might be celebrated in, in a word we would know, which would be Hanukkah. It's a celebration of the cleansing of the temple. It's a celebration of the restoring of light to the temple of God. But for the sake of us understanding where we're at today and what Jesus is stepping into, it's as important to understand that the Jewish people were gathered with messianic expectations. Let me tell you another way of saying that. They had an expectation that a Savior would come and restore them. I don't know if anyone here is gathered with an expectation. But the Jews were gathered with a sense of expectation. And this is what Jesus is speaking into. So in John 10, Jesus is speaking into this messianic expectation as the one who is the Messiah who came to fulfill and meet that expectation. And when Jesus is speaking to the Jews, what he uses is he uses uh, imagery that was common to them, not only culturally, but traditionally uh, through, through the Old Testament and through the law and through the prophets. And he uses what is shepherd imagery, right? He begins to speak about shepherding. And some of the, the, the pivotal scriptures of the Old Testament, Ezekiel 34 and Jeremiah 23 and Psalm 23... Speak on this very fact of the Lord being our shepherd and the Lord being the shepherd of the people of Israel and contrasting the fake and the false shepherds that lead the wrong way. And so I, I say this just to set the scene because Israel is waiting it has messianic expectations for the true good shepherd who would lead them into perfect rest and perfect peace. And so this is when Jesus stands up in, in John 10 and begins to speak and declare who he is and begins to use uh, the, the this imagery in a powerful way to teach about who he is. And today, the same thing is true, that he is speaking to you and I about who he is and what that means for our life and our identity. So let's, let's jump there. If you, brought, if you got your Bible, open it up. I'm going to open up mine here, slide this back, see if I don't knock anything over. There we go. But in John chapter 10, he begins, he says in verse 1, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you. That's what's called a double amen statement. That's like to raise an alarm, to pay attention. When you see truly, truly in Scripture, it's like, it's like okay, we're really paying attention. It's, the, it's like the teacher that says, one, two, three, eyes on me. Right? It's like when he says truly, truly, if you were eating you know, the the leftover fish that you had or loaves that you stored away, they're probably stale by now. That was chapters ago. You'd pop up and be like, oh, okay, now I'm paying attention, right? Maybe, I don't know, if you're following Jesus and you were on your iPhone and you were got you went to go post a photo because worship was incredible, but then later you got too deep into Instagram and now you're like, I don't know, figuring out what kind of bearded dragon you'd get and if people would judge you for having a bearded dragon. Then Jesus says, truly, truly, and you pop up and realize, yes, they would, and and I should pay attention to what's happening right now. <laughs> That's what truly, truly means. So he says, truly, truly, and let me read it to you. We're going to go through the whole chunk here. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. says to him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. It says when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. It says a stranger they'll not follow, but they'll flee from him, for they don't know the voice of strangers. And then verse 6, it says the figure of speech which Jesus used with them or sorry, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, it says, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And uh, I love this about Jesus. He doesn't get mad. He begins to explain again. And honestly, if we're being real and we don't have to raise hands, how many of us didn't really understand that either, right? It's like, okay, there's some sheep, there's a shepherd, there's a guy, and there's a thing, and they're being led. What does that mean for me, right? So Jesus, in his uh, beautiful ability to teach the truth of the kingdom, Begins to share. And he says, so Jesus again said to them. I like when Jesus has to say things to me again. It helps me. <laughs> he says, truly, truly. See, there, there it was again. See? Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. You're like, oh, now it makes sense, right? You were you were concerned. But now that he's a door, it makes perfect sense, right? Let me, let's me let keep going because it'll make sense. It says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. It says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. It says, I am the good shepherd. So there's two phrases, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. We're going to look at both of them today. I am the good shepherd. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It says he, he who's a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them, which is probably the nicest way you could explain what a wolf would do to unsupervised sheep. Right? Some of you haven't seen the Discovery Channel, but let me tell you, Snatches is the nicest way to say what would occur if a wolf found an unsupervised sheep, right? Scatters them. Yeah, not in one piece, right? And it says he flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But he says, here's the contrast. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. Whew, we made it. Everyone, still with me. In fact, anybody on my staff, can you turn on the fans? I don't. Know, I'm so warm. Gillian turned this one up. Thank you so much for that. But it apparently decided it was done. It's, its movement was over. The breath of God, it was done apparently. But just more fans. I'm a big, there we go. Perfect. Amen. Okay. So John chapter 10 is a complex uh, piece of scripture, right? John chapter 10 is what we, is known as a mashal. So there's a Hebrew term for a symbolic illustration that is actually kind of more than a parable. Because this isn't really a parable. Right? A parable is a little more linear. Right? This happened, this happened, then these people came, and this happened. This is like a ton of stuff all happening at one time. Right? Like, just in this, just in this moment, there's a sheep, there's a sheep pen, there's a gate or a door, there's a stranger, there's a thief, there's a hired hand, there's wolves, there's a good shepherd, and then there's flocks. Right? So if you're reading this, you're like, what am I? Right? Because there's like ten different images. Maybe you're way more spiritual than me, so you're like, I know what I am at all times, and I know what all those things are. But when you read this, there is a sense of complexity there that I think is is brilliant and also can be confusing. Right? Because it's tying in so many great things, and there's kind of no wonder that in verse six, the people are like, we are confused. I don't understand. Who's the door? You're a door? Right? There's a sense of confusion. And so... But I think if we begin to understand shepherding as, as as they likely would have, we can understand a little more of what Jesus is speaking about because as we piece this together, if we don't just look at the surface as we understand it, we actually understand that this is an incredibly deep way of describing one of the most key principles about Christ about the kingdom and about us, okay? so let's do this let's, let's paint a picture of shepherding I know you showed up today you're like gosh I hope he paints a picture of shepherding today and I I, just, I heard you in the spirit and so I thought well I'll just do it since you said um, no nobody that wasn't it that's not why you came <laughs> no. let's paint a picture of shepherding can we can we do that Yeah. so western shepherding you got the dogs right trying to keep the sheep going one direction Maybe the, the stick, you know, go. The shepherding that Jesus is speaking into is, is a little different. It's a little more intimate. So you're not shepherding them into a pen in a barn and then going inside the farmhouse and then you have like a like a sheepdog that watches out for them. This kind of shepherding, like the shepherd is the sheepdog, right? So there, there's an intimacy. He knows the sheep. The sheep know him. And there's a lot of following involved, right? talks about leading and following. There's an intimacy, And so, I want to just kind of paint a little picture, if we can, that picture yourself as a shepherd, and you've been in kind of in the cool valleys where the water is, but it's starting to get dark, and so the thing about cool valleys where the water is, that's also where the predators are, right? And so you take your sheep and you go to a safe place. And the safe place is like, a, is like a stone wall. So here's the start of it. And maybe this speaker is the end of it, right? You got, And then it goes around and it goes, let's maybe picture the stage if we can, right? It goes around the back wall it comes around here. It comes to this speaker, this whole stage, right? There's a stone wall. And so if you were a shepherd at a time, you would lead your sheep to a sheep fold or a sheep pen and to get into the sheepfold, there was only one entrance. It was about this wide, and the wall started here, and the wall started here, and then there was a gap. And so as the shepherd, you'd be leading your sheep, and you'd bring them in. And they'd all come in, and the shepherd would do this. The shepherd would sit down at the entrance and lay down at the entrance to the sheepfold. Here's one side. This is the only way in. He would lay down. When the shepherd is here, what is he? Somebody guess. He's the door, right? Because if you want to get out of the sheepfold, you have to go through him. But most importantly, if you want to get into the sheepfold, you have to go in him. To the point where they would literally lay down and sleep, if they did sleep, sleep in the way, so that the sheep wouldn't go over. And if anything would come against the sheep, they would have to go through the shepherd to get to the sheep. Are you with me? Are you picturing it here? This is the sheep fold. This is the place. All the sheep would be here to go in and out. The shepherd is guarding that way. He's protecting that way. He is the gate. He is the door. So now in verse 7, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. Can we begin to picture that? I think that's a really beautiful picture of what Jesus is. Because as the shepherd lays down, he secures a place for the sheep to lay down. There's an intimacy. He's also down here with the sheep. But he's guarding, he's protecting, he's resting in that place. So the sheep pen becomes a place of security and a place of salvation. Out here is a place of fear. Why? Because there's death out here. There's wolves and mountain lions and any, all kinds of things, right? And sheep, you ever see them, they look really nervous all the time. They have, their eyes are like, they look stressed. Constantly, they either look like they have no idea what's happening or they look stressed. It's just that's their only two expressions that they operate in terrified or confused and terrified, right? And so, in here is a place of protection. So, when Jesus is speaking, what he's describing is a place of security, but most importantly, he's describing a place of salvation. Somebody say salvation. But it's not a place of salvation because it's a sheep pen. See, if there is no shepherd, that just becomes like a funnel of doom for sheep, right? Like if you're an animal and you're trying to get away from prey, the last thing you'd want to do is run through a small opening into an area. And, And the area would be like a, it'd be a stone wall with vines across the top of it, right? So it'd be a stone wall all the way around. If you were a sheep running from a predator, you wouldn't be like, I'll go to the place where I can't run away, right what makes it secure is not just the structure but it the shepherd that makes it secure and this is so important because he he begins to contrast Jesus contrasts he says the shepherd is the one who, who is in this gate who is standing in that place sitting in that place and he says the thief on the other hand comes and begins to peer over and tries to climb in another way and bypass the shepherd here's a good rule for your life if it comes through the gate it leads to abundant life if it tries to bypass the gate it leads to death good rule for life If it comes through the way of Jesus Christ, if it is in alignment with Him, if He says, Yes, this is right and true, it comes by the way, then it is full of abundant life. He says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you would have life and have it abundant. See, culture, it's so tricky, so tricky. Because what they try to make you think is with the shepherd there and you hear that you're in a place, oh, they don't let you do what you want, you can't be what you want. I don't think the sheep feels that way at all. I think the sheep is like, finally, I get to rest. Finally, I get to lay down. Finally, I get to relax. Finally, I mean, I, I've been stressed all day out here. Like, uh, maybe even an eagle could pick me up. I don't know, right? Depending on the size of the eagle, right? Lord of the Rings size eagles, they're gone. <sighs> One swipe, right? I don't know. But in here, I can rest. Why? Because of the shepherd. But church, we've got to begin to understand that abundant life only comes through the gate of Jesus Christ, he says that you would have life and have it abundantly. That word abundantly means that which goes way beyond necessity. That God wants to give you life more than you could ever even need. He says, I've come that you would have life and have it abundantly. John 14, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now we're going to talk about that another week. But this is so important. The only source of our refuge is Jesus Christ. Hear me, if it doesn't come through him, it doesn't lead to life. If we don't go through him, we won't find life. And if it tries to bypass him, it won't lead to life. Are you with me? I'm preaching to somebody. You're pushing back in your spirit, but I'm still preaching to you because I love you. Christ wants to set you free today. See, what happens is that the world tries to lean over like that thief, and they say, listen, listen, listen. You should come out, and you should come to this pen, because it's a lot more free, right? It feels good. There's no pesky shepherd telling you, right? Because here's what happens. Is that the world says, oh, man, the shepherd there, that's not salvation. That's slavery. You need to come out here to this pen. Come over to this pen over here. See, it doesn't have any shepherd. It doesn't have any shepherd blocking that for you. You can just come in, and it feels good. And as long as it feels fluffy, then it must be good for you, right? If it feels good, then it must be good. The hard part is, like, we go into those places, And we're like, why are we so anxious? It's because even in our spirit, if we don't know it in our mind, something's missing. You might not know what that thing is because you've not met Jesus, but something in your soul is ringing like an alarm bell. And so you'll go looking other places, and you'll go into other sheep pens, and you'll put other things in the way to try to block that entrance. Like, what if I just put money? If I pile enough money here, then I'll be secure in the sheep pen. What if I just put drugs over here? If I just pile enough drugs over here, then then I'll feel my mind like things are okay what if I just put a relationship there right I'll go in here but I'm just going to put a relationship there because that's what's going to protect me and then you're just mad at that relationship and there's just conflict in that relationship here's the reality if it doesn't come through the gate it won't provide you abundant life and it certainly will not secure you someone today you've been on the hunt and you just need to hear me say you found it you didn't realize it would be so easy to find, but you found it. You've been on the hunt. Like, you went, man, you're on that, like, Aaron Rodgers, like, ayahuasca trip just trying to find God, and God is just here to say, listen, man, you found it. Stop making it about you. You found it. You found it. You're like, I don't know. I should make it more difficult. He says, no, come through the gate. Because this abundant life only comes through the gate. No shepherd, no security. Church, ask yourself this, all choking aside. Have I wandered into any empty pens that do not have the shepherd? Or have I allowed things to poke their head over the wall and climb into my life? The shepherd this morning, the good shepherd is saying, "Listen, I'm I'm the door. Come in, come in to relationship with me." And listen, I will protect you. I will gui- I will guard you. I'm the protection of your salvation. You can find peace in me, but you have to be secured by me. Have you ever been in a place? Come on, let's just can we be honest even a little bit more this morning? Is that okay? Okay. Have you ever been in a place? Some of you, like you're a believer, you know this, you know that He's there, but you go out and you say, You know what? I kind of like this, how this feels a little better. This feels a little bit more me. Like I'm going to pretend to be my own shepherd and kind of be in that space. And then all of a sudden we begin to feel anxious and overcome and surrounded because we begin to see the things that have come against us. We start to say, God, like, where are you? God, I'm so overwhelmed. God, I'm so anxious. God, I'm so worried. God, where are you? And He's like, I'm right here. Come in to the gate. And you're like, no, but I like it over here, but I want you to come over here, and I want you to be the shepherd here. And he says, Yeah, but that's not of me. That's not from me. You need to come in to the place I have for you, the relationship I have for you, the truth I have for you that I've expressed in your word. Are you with me? Christ says, Let me secure you. Let me be your salvation. Let me be your peace. So, I didn't create you to live with anxiety. I didn't create a generation to be submitted to anxiety. I didn't build this, this generation of people. I didn't call this movement of the church to be a fully moving in all authority from heaven above, except when it pertains to anxiety. I didn't create you for that. I didn't create you to live that way. So, I created you to be free. He says, come in, come into that freedom, come into that peace. And so verse 11, he makes a promise to us. He says, I am the good shepherd. Somebody say, good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. But he doesn't mean good like neat, right? It means in self-giving, he lays down his life for the sheep, he said. Verse 3 tells us the sheep hear his voice. He calls them, he leads them out. Here's what I love about this example of shepherding, because in our context, uh, in the Western context, you know, we, we have different gates and dogs and different things, you know, so I'm not talking about like shepherding in Ireland or Wisconsin, I'm talking about in, in Judea, right? is that I've seen some awesome videos of they'll take a bunch of different sheep from different herds and they'll put them together and then they'll have the shepherds stand outside and the shepherds will call to the sheep and they'll begin to sing over the sheep and the sheep will hear that song and go, wait, I know that voice and they'll begin to follow them. Isn't that amazing? Why? Not because he's back there beating them. In fact, it's proven you could beat a sheep to death. If a sheep comes to a place and it will not cross like a little stream, you can beat a sheep to death and it won't cross. Some of you are like, yeah, that's my life, right? You got to go in front of it and call it. It has to know your voice. If it knows the voice, it'll cross almost anything. It'll go almost anywhere. There's videos of sheep just like walking in a line in busy traffic. why are they not freaked out by cars they're freaked out by everything why not the cars because they're listening to the shepherd they're hearing they know his voice they begin to follow him I think that's so important church see the shepherd is good and a good shepherd means peace for the sheep see that's how we get into the word of God because he speaks to us from his word And we begin to understand what is a a distraction leading us to another place that is not the sheepfold of Christ, that is not the security of our identity, that's beginning to define us in a different way that God did not create us to be defined as. We begin to say, no, no, wait a second, I'm following the shepherd because he is the source of my security, he is the source of my peace. Church, I think as we begin to understand the shepherd, we begin to understand peace, We begin to understand what counters anxiety in our life. See, the Hebrews have this great term of shalom. And shalom is a special kind of peace. Because in Hebrew, it doesn't mean the absence of conflict, right? The Jewish people were not so naive to believe that they could exist in a world where there was never any conflict at all, right? And when you read the Old Testament, you're like, that is the Old Testament, right? When you read the Old Testament, you're like, this is rough for them all the time, right? And like 90% of the prophecies are like, here's all the bad stuff that's going to happen because you're not walking in alignment. And if you were Israel, you'd be like... This is not encouraging at all, right? It's like, and Babylon's gonna come, and they're gonna tear down your walls, and they're gonna take your women, and they're gonna it's like, oh no, right? So, but they did have an understanding and a longing for greater peace. So, what's that peace? That peace is shalom. It's not the absence of conflict, it's peace amidst conflict. See, this is the role that the Messiah was coming to fulfill. Do we know who the Messiah is? It's Jesus Christ and the Messiah was coming to fulfill a role which is to be the source of peace in unpeaceful times now I'm thankful how many of you are thankful right that in the end there will be peace right that in the end all uh, sorrow is wiped away in the end a new heavens a new earth right we're called up and we're just like worshiping this little bit this little bit of worship we did here it's just like a tiny tiny minuscule fraction of what we're going to do just boldly for all eternity right literally can't wait But for right here, right now, as good as that is, you're like, yay, peace for the future. You're like, I need peace now. Right? You look at your finances, you're like, I need peace now, right now. You look at your family, you're like, we need peace currently, like here, now, aquí, right? Like right now, in this place, (laughs) I need it. That is the shalom peace that Christ brings. Just picture that. Here is the good shepherd. Are you with me? Here's the good shepherd, and he's walking, and he's leading his flock, and he leads them into the place of salvation. And when they come into the place of security and salvation, he sits down and secures them so that nothing would come against them. And then in the morning, he, go, he stands up and he says, come on, we're going, and I'm leading you out. And they go, well, that looks really scary, and that looks really dangerous, but you know what? That guy is really trustworthy, right? Like when we follow his voice, it makes sense. When we don't follow his voice, remember when Gary wandered off and we never saw him again, see? But when I follow his voice, it makes sense. <laughs> and he leads us to good places, and, 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 and I feel at peace. And then at night, when I feel really overwhelmed and the darkness comes and there's scary things and I hear them roaring and I hear them around me he leads us again and he brings us back in and I feel secure and I feel peace and I feel at rest it doesn't mean that I still don't hear those things roaring beyond the wall but it means I trust the one who stands in the gap for me that's true peace Psalm 23 one of the most famous psalms you still with me? Psalm 23, remoter. In Psalm 23, it says this one of the most famous Psalms. I probably don't even need to turn here, but let's just do it anyways. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You could spend the whole rest of the fast on that one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I love that part. He makes me. Some of you today, he's here to make you lie down. Like, dude, you need to chill. Spiritually, right? You're like a little sh- 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 always, oh, I, gotta, I gotta think through this, gotta do this, go rrr, 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 all the time, right? Rrr, constantly, that's your mind. And he's just like, just seriously, stop. Girl, you need to calm down. I don't know what the spiritual principle of girl calm down is, and I know you shouldn't say that. Like, I've been married long enough to not know you're not supposed to tell women to calm down, but I'm just gonna move in the spirit and say, calm down, <laughs> right? I'm not telling Jesus is saying. He makes you lie down. Bring it up with him when you get to heaven. It says, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Look at verse 4. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hear me, church. When we encounter Jesus, we encounter true peace. That's the beauty of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. we encounter Jesus, we encounter true peace. Shalom embodied in Jesus Christ. See, what he's not saying is that you will not face valleys of the shadow of death. Are you with me? See, modern Christians, especially in the West, I think we have this so messed up because we've had a level of comfort allowed uh, nationally, and it's kind of bled into other things. So even though we've suffered in other ways, we felt guilty saying how we actually feel because then we feel like maybe we don't have enough faith or something. But there's a sense where we need to understand that Jesus is not saying we will not face trials of every kind. In fact, his word says, you will face trials of every kind. He says, you will face tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Are you with me? But here's what's amazing. When the shepherd is leading you, look at that. He's leading you through the valley of the shadow of death, and you're following him. Think on that. Somebody that just changed the way you understood following Christ, because you thought i have been following him to a place devoid of difficulty and devoid of any danger around you. But if I'm reading the Word of God, right, he's leading us into the valley of the shadow of death. But here's what makes it powerful. It's not the valley of death. It's the valley of shadow of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. Why is it a shadow of death? Because Jesus already defeated death. So it can try to show things and make a big shadow, a big scary shadow to put fear in your life and your heart, but it's not greater than the God who's overcome death. See, that's following Christ. It says, did you notice the second part? It says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, which is like my favorite scripture because there's no bigger flex than eating dinner surrounded by people who hate you. That is awesome, right? Think about that. How many of you would feel comfortable, maybe you don't have as many enemies as I do, but I would not feel comfortable (laughs) sitting at a table and eating, like, okay, I'm here, I'm sitting at this table eating, just like surrounded by enemies. That would not be a place to be like, oh, yes, peace. Right? It's like, where would you like to go on a date this week, Katie? It's like, well, I have heard that recently uh, the mission is full of our enemies, but they have prepared a table right in the middle of it for us, and I think that will be a restful evening. You'd be like, no, I can't deal with that, right? But why does that make sense spiritually? You prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Because it means even though I'm surrounded by things that would come against me, which God promises will happen, especially if we pursue a life with him, I'm still at peace and you're still providing even though I see the things that are dangerous of the world. See, if you wait to never see, ever, ever see difficulty, danger, trials and tribulations, you will constantly be disappointed, you will constantly be discouraged and you will constantly miss the provision that God has set out for you amidst it. See, that's what the good shepherd does. See, when we put our trust in the wrong refuge, we have a problem. When we put our trust in the refuge of Jesus Christ, we actually find refuge. We find peace. I share this in the first service, but this isn't in my notes. But what happens is, you know, he says narrow is the way. I'm going to narrow this up. It's about shoulder width. Have you ever traveled with kids? Ever traveled with kids? Oh my goodness. My one child... When we traveled with her for the very first time, had more bags than the whole family combined. I don't understand. See, now we're on our third kid. I'm like, I don't know, pack him some socks. But the first kid, you got like 18 bags cuz you're you're, you know, you care about them more. Uh, but by the third one, you're like, whatever, right? <laughs> so I just triggered some last child. I'm sorry. We'll pray for you at the altar. <laughs> This next part you'll get. So you have a lot of baggage. Uh, What happens is when you go through the plane, right, with all those bags on like they used to let you do, you're just bumping into people. You're like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. See, narrow is the way. There's There's a sense in which... The way is narrow so that you're not bringing your baggage right there's things that we need to lay down there's things that we try to carry there's other places we've tried to put our trust and our faith and so what happens is we're carrying all these things and we're 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 residing in places that are not really true refuges and we feel anxious and then we're like god why do i feel anxious and he's like well why don't you just come into the place of peace and you're saying no i like it out here but why am i feeling anxious And he says, well, you should come into the place of peace. like, God, I don't want to give that up. God, I don't want to lay that down. I like this. And he's like, well, then have fun out there. I'm not going to make you, but you're going to be anxious. So I don't really want to come into alignment with that. I don't really want to surrender my time. I don't really want to surrender my schedule. I don't really want to surrender financially. I don't really want to surrender in this relationship. I like this. I like to be over here. I know it's not really from you. And I know I'm just kind of like buying time until the wolves come and tear this thing apart. But I'm so anxious. God, fix my anxiety. And he says, no, fix your eyes on me. Come in and have a relationship with me and let me free you. See, the peace of God frees us from anxious living, church. It frees us from anxious living. In fact, band, you can come up or whoever's coming up. I've really thought about how to say this. Can everyone just, can we, could, if, you, if I lost you, could, could I have your attention back just for five minutes right here? I've thought about how to say this because I feel like what we would call mental health or anything surrounding that, really when we talk about mental health, usually I, I don't hear people talking about health. Usually I hear them talking about illness. And so anything surrounding mental health or mental illness, I feel like it's become a God of itself and so anytime that there's dogma attached to something, as a minister, i try to figure out how to, how to talk through that when I only have like five minutes here. So everything I'm saying is not to minimize struggle but to maximize God. Can I say that? Everything I want to tell you in this moment, in this final moment, is because I believe that the shepherd is just so good that he's come not to shame you but to free you, okay? The scripture tells us in Luke chapter 15, that he's like the, the one who leaves the 99 for the one, and when he finds it, Scripture says he throws him over his shoulders, rejoicing, and comes back and calls together everyone and says, look, rejoice with me. I found my sheep that was lost, and now they're found. That's God's heart posture towards you right now. So everything I say, just hear it through that heart posture that he has. He's so excited when freedom becomes, begins to break out in our lives, when we truly give our hearts to him. What I believe has happened, especially in this younger generation, which is why I think we're seeing revival break out in a new way in their lives, is that in this generation, for many, even if they believe in God, anxiety is kind of one notch higher. It's like one notch, meaning like we, we hope that it can be healed, but we don't really believe it. It's like God can do anything. He can free us of anything. But it's like anxiety, it's like, I don't know, that's... Like, that's, oh man, I don't know. Maybe he'll reach it one day. Maybe he'll get there. Right? I'm just being honest. I've been there. Many of you are there, have been there, where it's like, I love you, Lord, but anxiety just feels like, it feels like one, a little too far. But this is the beauty of what Christ wants to do. This is the revolutionary nature of Jesus Christ is that when we encounter Christ, we encounter peace. So there's nothing that can steal away the peace of God. It says the shepherd knows us by name, and calls us out by voice, that we would live abundantly through him. Church, listen, we do not have to be slaves to anxiety any longer. The freedom of the Lord is here. Someone just needs to hear me say, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not a slave to anxiety. The freedom of the Lord is here. The freedom of the Lord is here. If he created the world, if he redeemed the world, if he died for your sins, and he rose again, and he's going to come back and judge the earth, and he's going to restore everything, did you know what he can also do? He can also free your mind. He can also release your mind from the things that pain it, from the things that distract it, See, church, this is revival in the heart of every believer. See, the shepherd knows us by name and that we would know his voice and that we would live abundantly through him, that we would be so pursuant and so steadfast for him that nothing could scale the fence and steal our hearts away. And whether we come in and he he encamps around us or whether he calls us out, we enter into a place of and a lifestyle of security that we would go wherever He calls, that we would leave behind all the anxiety and the fear of our dead lives, and we would walk fully in the freedom of Christ. And if we find ourselves out here beginning to feel anxious, we would just come in and press into that relationship with God. We'd begin to fall on our knees and say, God, less of me, more of you. I leave it all behind because I just—I want to come into the sheepfold. I just want to come back in. I've been out here. I've been going by my own strength. I've been going by my own might. But you know what? I don't like that. I'm coming back in. See, shame right now wants to keep you from stepping in to what God has for you. But the Word of God says those who look to him are radiant. It says their faces are never covered with shame right now what the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to avoid pressing in for the fear of being ashamed but there's no freedom there I talk to so many people this week they're like here's where God's moving on my life but I'm just really struggling to feel embarrassed and feel ashamed and I'm like listen that's not of God he came to free you he came to release you that's not of him My prayer is, Jesus, liberate our souls from the chains of shame, from these constant dragging back to the old ways of anxiety. God, that we'd walk in freedom. See, there's something that's happening even right now in your heart. Can I just speak to your heart today? There's something that's happening even right now in your heart where God is beginning to press upon you that it's time to lay those things down, and it's time to come in with him. But what happens, and I know what happens, I hear the clank of the water bottles and the movement of the feet and all those kind of things towards the end, is when there begins to be a pressing, sometimes we go like, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that pressing. And so what do we do? Instead of pressing in, we step out. Can I just encourage you, God wants to bring freedom in your life. Press in as he presses you, as he's moving, as he's convicting, as he's stirring, because his way brings freedom. This is so random. I think I see Braxton here. Can I ask you to share a testimony? Can you share a testimony? Would you come up here? Can we welcome Braxton this morning? Looking at the clock, we're doing okay. That red thing says zero, but the other one looks green, so we're fine.
0: Some good preaching, Josh. Um, okay, I'm trying to figure out where God wants me to start with this. Um so, Katie, thank you for that prayer this morning um, about, you know, God gives, gives us authority and equips us when we don't feel like we have the authority. And I didn't want to come up here and speak, and uh, Barry's message last week um, was that final little piece of confidence that I needed, um, and now I feel... I feel good about about being up here and that God really wants me to share this. Um, And we've been praying for physical healing a lot. We've been praying a lot for physical healing over the past couple weeks. And I have um, suffered from depression almost my entire life since I was about in middle school. And you have good days and bad days and ups and downs over the years, but that depression had become really part of my identity, and it was just in the background of my life. Even when I was in seasons of um, feeling like my life was going well, I always had that depression in the background, and um, about three months ago, I was just in the pit Um, in a really, really dark place. And it was weighing so heavy on me that I was literally waking up every single morning for about three weeks. Almost every single morning, my alarm would go off and I would immediately be in tears. And I would immediately be saying in my head, I'm worthless, I'm broken, I'm, this is never gonna get better. Look at all the work that you've done to try to fix this. It's never gonna get better. This dark, heavy, sorrow, depression was just like pulling me down so, so hard. And I had gotten to the place where I was just fully resigned to it. And I I wrote in my journal and I said, I just am resigned to the idea that this is not going to get better, and I'm ready to die. I'm just ready to not feel this way anymore. And I was fantasizing about the ways in which I could end my life. I was making plans, Who you know, who was going to watch my dog, when could I do it? And I know that that's a really heavy thing to hear on a Sunday morning, but it's important to hear because... The enemy works in really dark, heavy ways, and I was in this group setting. I hadn't shared this with with anybody. I was in this group setting, and I, I kind of gave the PG version. And I was like, "Yeah, I've been having some negative thoughts lately." And a woman in this group that I was sharing with was like, "Well, what do you think?" where do you think that's coming from? Like, you know, you've been to therapy before. Maybe you should talk to your therapist or do some inner, inner child healing work. And it was the first time that it clicked with me, and I realized it was the Holy Spirit allowing me to see it for what it was and say it out loud for the first time. And I said, no, it's not inner child anything. It's Satan is attacking me. The devil is whispering lies in my ear and making me believe that it's my own voice and it's um, it's the work of the devil. And that saying that out loud and dragging dragging the devil into the light and and praying that night and praying the blood of Jesus would just cover me and release me from this attack that I was under, you guys, the next morning was the first time in months that I was not in tears. I had complete (laughs) peace, complete peace. It was like a switch flipped, and that is a miracle in and of itself. For God to heal me overnight from a depressive episode is one thing, But when I tell you that my heart has been fully restored and I have a true, true peace that I have never experienced in my entire life, Barry, you might as well have cut the tip of my finger off and I watched it grow back. That is how I have been restored. And and I just want to encourage you that that the the enemy might be trying to slip in and make you feel like God is separate from you or you're feeling angry at God or you think God is angry at you or you're having anxiety or you're having, you know, this grief that you just can't, you, you can't pull yourself out of the pit that God is with you. He's with you and he's, got his hands on your shoulders when you're on your knees he's right there with you and if you just cry out for him he will bring you a supernatural inexplicable peace and that's the goodness of God so Would
1: would you stand with me have a whole Ending thing, but let's end there with a response. I love that. There's a supernatural peace of the Lord. I don't know what you're facing, I don't know what you need to trust the Lord with, but He does. He's here to bring you peace. Maybe you've been to the altar a hundred times. I just love that. I love that in Braxton. It's like, man, I feel like I'd done some work, and I feel like I was overcome, and that was almost discouraging, and almost kept it kept from pressing in. And the Lord moved with an encounter that said, no are bringing freedom. And for some of you, that encounter moment is today. Whether again or the first time, there's just, you know in your heart that you need peace. Some of you need to trust the Lord or you're struggling with anxiety or might be peace in your home, your finances. I don't even want to quantify it because the Lord has already told you. You knew when you walked in almost. So this morning, here's, I want to pray for you. If you're here and you're saying, Lord, I, I need true peace in my life. you're You're honest. You're like, Lord, I need your true peace in my life today. Would you raise your hand? Lord, I need true peace in my life. I need your peace in my life today. Raise your hand all the way up. I need peace. in Here's what I want you to do. I just want to invite you. If you raise your hand, would you just come forward? I want to pray for you right now. If you raise your hand. I need true, I just, I need that peace. Maybe you're hearing like, I need freedom from anxiety. Maybe you've begun to even make an identity out of anxiety. And you're like, no, I don't. I don't want that. That's not what I want. You hear that testimony. You're like, that's what I want. I want freedom. I want freedom from that. Or maybe you've allowed, even here, and you want to come forward to. You've allowed things to speak into your life that you're beginning to understand are not from the Lord. And you're saying, God, would you heal my heart of that? Just like Braxton said, would you wash me in the blood? That would be renewed. See, just the good thing about the good shepherd. Is that when we come into that space, there's no shame. There's just freedom. So here, do this with me. If you're in this room, just reach your hands. If you're up here, I'm going to invite you to a moment of prayer. In fact, can we can we just spread out right here? Can we just kind of come up here? Come up here. I just want you to have some space because it's going to be a you and Jesus moment. I mean, I have the microphone, but it's you and him. That's what matters. This is just a step of faith to say, Jesus, here I am. I want to pray over you. I'm going to release the band to sing over you. And as you're up here in this moment, I just release you into that space of saying, God, search my heart. God, I give you everything. And then beginning to declare over your life, I come in to you and I trust in you. Whatever that is, like I trust in you. Whatever that is, I trust in you. I give it to you. Maybe it's, Lord, I've made anxiety my identity, but today I'm proclaiming your truth over my life. Let me pray for you this morning before we go into this. Lord, I pray right now. I thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Church, would you disagree with me this morning as these people up here are praying over their lives? Would you stand in agreement? Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So there's freedom right here. There's freedom from all sin and shame. There's freedom from anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray. Right now, over this moment and over this time, I pray for such a trust in you. God, if there's been other things that have been leaned on and found a refuge in, God, that are not secure, that are not the places of security, God, I pray right now just for a running into your arms supernaturally. God, that there would be a supernatural encounter with your peace. Right now, I just pray over your life that the peace of the Almighty God would overwhelm your mind and your spirit and your heart. I speak to that place where anxiety has become an identity. And I pray that broken in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that, that that might be part of your testimony. And that might be part of your battle. And that might be the thing you square off against in the Spirit. But it is not your identity. Your identity is a child of the Most High God. Your identity is not chaos. It is not panic. It is not fear. It is not uncertainty. It is that you are a child of the Most High God. I pray in authority right now, right now that it be released, that it be released in the name of Jesus. In all authority, just right now, let's church let's begin to pray over this space. We pray peace upon every life. We pray security upon every heart. We pray your peace in every circumstance. We pray your peace in every family. We pray your peace in every relationship. Come on church, let's just intercede as a church as a family this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, your peace in Holy Spirit, have your way right now. Holy Spirit, just invite him. Holy Spirit, have your way. Search my heart. Search my heart right now. Holy Spirit, have your way.
2: Come on,
1: I'm going to invite our team just to come around and pray for each one of you. We're going to pray right here. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Come, us. Come rest on. Us. Come on, restore minds, rest restore us. spirits right now.
2: Come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. Come down. Spirit when you move you make my heart pound. When you feel the room. You're here, and I know you are moving. I'm here, and. Gates let heavy on it come a rest on-
1: is playing here. It's definitely just that thought together. That I think there's an important transition moment as believers. In fact, even if you're praying, just just stop. If you're on my staff, Katie, everyone, I think there's just a sense right now of not only recognizing anxiety, but choosing and declaring and stepping into peace as our identity in our life. Right? There's like a sense of this really tame, yeah, I bring it and I leave it, but there's a sense of taking that step to say over our life, this is no longer my identity, this is my identity, Madison. Right? This is no longer it, this is it. So the tame response is like, yes, Lord, whatever, and I, and I love that, but I think there's one step further. And maybe you're here in anxiety and you're not up here, Big minister, too. I'm sorry to pause it. I love what God was doing, but I feel like there's like a pause that needs to happen. Maybe you're here and there's a sense of anxiety is your identity. And you heard Braxton say that and you were like, Yes, that's me. And you're like, I really hope he doesn't ask again because if he did, I would come up and give God everything. But I think that some of you are right there, right there this morning where anxiety is your identity. But today, you're going to leave with an identity of peace in your life. So if that's you, you're like, Anxiety is my identity. And I want to choose to leave with an an identity of peace. Is that anyone here today? Anxiety is my identity. Just raise your hand. Anxiety is my identity, but I want to leave with an identity of peace. I can't see. Someone wave at me. Who was it? Right here. Okay. You can come over here. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Oh, just all the way. I love that. I love that commitment. What? We're going to pray for Cameron right now. God, we thank you just for the boldness right now in this place, in this moment. God, we thank you for the identity that rests upon her by you, Jesus Christ, that it is not what the world speaks or puts around her or the situations. It is fully and completely under your authority. And so I declare over her life, and I stand in agreement with her own confession that she is not identified by anxiety or fear. She is not identified by trauma or pain. She is identified that, God, those are part of a testimony you're weaving to tell the story of your grace and peace through her life and the deliverance, God, but that her identity is as a daughter of the Most High God under the authority of Jesus Christ and that she is filled with the peace of the Holy Spirit. So we pray and we stand in agreement that it That the old is gone and the new has come. We declare when she rises in the morning, she would rise into peace. When she goes to sleep at night, she would go to sleep in peace. God, that every tension would be released, every fear would be released, and we declare peace in the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, we break the lies of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. We break the lies of the enemy that would speak, God, God, to this young woman, to her generation about who they're supposed to be, and we declare an authority of the Most High God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
3: As we were praying this morning in your first service, I've, I've, the Lord gave me a picture or something. I was trying to discern um, if and when I would release that thought. And as I was praying just a moment ago, I felt like the Lord gave me a little bit more clarity on it. I feel like there's someone here tonight, you're struggling with this, this transition into peace. You really desire it. But I feel like the Lord gave me something very specific I want to re- release to you, and that's this. Is that there's someone here, maybe more than one. But you're having what I would call night terrors. You're having dreams that are like nightmares. You're having these night terrors. It disrupts your peace. It speaks to your soul. It gives you a sense of, of, of um, anxiety. And you struggle with, can I ever, is this ever going to stop? And it's really a battle for you. And I think the Lord would say to you this morning, if you will step out in faith, maybe you're already up here, but step out in faith. And activate your belief that God wants to, to bring you into a place of healing. You're gonna leave today. You're gonna go home. You're gonna have peace. You're gonna come back at five and worship with us. And then and you're gonna go home tonight and you're gonna sleep like you've never slept before. The night terrors will end. But this is the Lord calling you out, so to speak. Because I'm very specific on it being night terrors. So is there anyone here? I'm just gonna, we're family, right? If there's anybody here that's having night terrors, you're having these dreams, you are. Okay, come on up here. Anyone else? Okay. Come on, Patrick. All right. Yeah, stand around there. It's fine. Yeah, just in the front. Let's keep going. Anyone else? That's two. Anybody else having night terrors? Delaney? Okay, sweetie. All right. We got three. Do you see how how the evil one wants to disrupt a person's life? See, if you believe in Jesus, you have to believe there's a there's, there's an evil one that wants to keep you from walking in your purpose and your destiny. If he keep you from sleeping, he can keep you fearful. He can keep you with lack of peace, like we've been talking about. Then he's won something because you'll never step in your full purpose as long as you're afraid of walking into the light, right? So come on, stretch your hands out. Those that want to come pray, come pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names, there is no other name above Jesus Christ. We speak right now in the name of Jesus. Night terrors, be gone now in Jesus' name. It's demonic in nature. So we speak to the demonic realm. We say in Jesus' name, whatever demonic entity or influence is in that home, we say right now in Jesus' name, be gone. Be gone. We command you now, be gone in Jesus' name. And Lord, now we pray for the peace, your Holy Spirit, the angelic realm to come into their home and into uh, surround them. And we pray for the peace of God which surpasses understanding. May it rule and dictate their sleep tonight in the name of Jesus. No longer will they be terrorized by these demonic dreams. No more night terrors. In Jesus' name, we speak life, we speak hope, and we speak peace. Right now, in the name of our Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, any of you that came up, just want to speak to this real quick. If, if, um, if you continue in any way to continue in this. I need this, if you can, I need you to come into agreement with your spouse, all right? And I want you right then to articulate what you're sensing in the spirit realm because you're people of the spirit. Articulate it and then call it out and say, no, in Jesus' name, longer will this be in our home. If you have to, I'm gonna give you a little fatherly advice here. If you need to, it might even be a good idea. Go home and anoint your house with oil walk your hallways, walk every door, take some Crisco oil, and anoint those doorposts, anoint every room in the house, and say, this is your home, Father, and we will not tolerate nothing but peace in this place. Amen? Amen. Can you guys agree? Say amen with me if you agree. Amen. Amen.
1: Awesome. Well, we'll end this way. I know we have the, the all that we would take on the way out, but I just want to end this and say, we'd love to keep praying with you for you. So I'm just going to invite our worship team to stay in a posture of worship and a moment of worship. This is technically your release to go do all the things you need, get kids and all that. But I really want to encourage, you I know, we paused to, to pray for some specific things, but we feel like the Lord's really working some stuff out. Can we just stay in that moment really briefly? Uh, we know that our family that are back there watching the kids, they love us. They'll, they'll give us a couple minutes, right? Uh, yeah. They're, they're part of our family, right? Uh, but let's, let's take some time to be in that space. So let me just pray over you as ascending or sending you back into what you're praying and believing for. God, I just thank you for what you're doing here. We just stand in agreement with your presence and your word. And I pray your peace in, in going, God, that in going, that we would feel that peace, every one of us, God, wherever we are. God, we thank you for the altar moments at our chair. We thank you for the altar moments online that are occurring right now. God, wherever you are, I just want you to know that God sees you and knows you and loves you and blesses you when you're coming in and you're going out. So we pray a blessing over your life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue in prayer, and then we're going to come back at 5 for prayer. So i will see you tonight. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.